up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, so make it a part of your daily routine each and every weekday. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same as Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Not the start of the road trip you may have been dreaming of. So we'll talk about in today's show. The Blazers kick off a seven-game road swing in Phoenix against the Suns without Kevin Durant. They come out and play pretty well in the first quarter, and then they just they did did they were not an NBA competitive NBA team for the final three quarters, and that was that. Uh, we will recap that game. We'll talk about Shaden Sharp who returned to the lineup. Blazers super shorthanded in this one, but they did get Sharp back. Um, the, Get get a rotation player back, lose a rotation player. That's kind of how their how their health has been going right now. We'll talk about that, and then I want to talk a little bit about the sputtering offense and and, and my belief in like lo- losing culture. My belief in as a team that's going to struggle. It's a tough road trip. That might be might be it might get a little bit bit ugly here to begin January. I want to talk about losing culture and my um, steadfast belief that that doesn't exist. That's what we'll do in today's show. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 109-88. They scored 88 points. It's not enough. 2004, 88 points get you in the game. 2009, puncher's chance with 88 points. 2024, you're going to need more than that. (laughs) You're going to need like a buck 10. A buck 10 would have had it. I mean, uh, 109-88, a buck 10 would have had it. Uh, Here's the thing, though. They didn't it didn't start that ugly. 29-20 after one. The Blazers have the lead. Only one turnover in the first quarter. I thought Scoot Henderson had a really nice first quarter. Jeremy Grant has nine to open the open the game. And they look like, you know, hey, this is they're going to be competitive in this game. And going to be competitive in this game despite playing without DeAndre Ayton, who, who didn't make the trip. He's still back in Phoenix. Uh, Chauncey Billups told reporters prior to the game that, uh, that DA is getting rigorous treatment to get his knee right, but he did not make the, the initial part of this trip. Anthony Simon's missing this game. He's been out for four days with, with an illness under disclosed illness he must be it must be sick I, I know that the I heard from Travis Demers on the radio that that the you know night one that uh, Ant was really sick and he yeah it's like that's missing four days of NBA basketball a lot of these guys play through some pretty gnarly stuff that would probably keep me from my day job uh, but like it is get well soon Ant. Oof, oof, four days of of, of of missing basketball but uh, hopefully he will be back soon and they play this game without Duop Reith who was uh who was listed as doubtful with a low back injury. He got hurt in pregame warmups, tweaked his back, and has missed a couple games. Back injuries stink. Like they just they just linger around. They're hard to they're hard to get right. You can't do anything with them. Uh, and then Tamani Kamara, an injury and an, an late add to the injury reports with a right knee soreness, and he misses this game. So the Blazers go into this game. Scoot Henderson, Malcolm Brogdon, Moses Brown gets the start again with Jeremy Grant and Matisse Thibel. But their, their bench is going to be shorthanded, even if Shaden Sharp is back in this one. But they're up 29-20 after one, and you're starting to believe. Then you stopped believing pretty quickly. 18-4 Suns to open the second quarter. They took the lead and never gave it back. They go into halftime up 55-47. Blazers are only down eight. But the the second quarter, they were outscored 35-18. And after they had one turnover in the first quarter, they had eight in the second quarter. And it's like, oh, no, no. The offense, Jeremy Grant, the offense that that he had kind of been propping up and Scoot Henderson had a really nice first quarter, just disappears. It disappears. And the Blazers outscored 35-18. And Suns shoot 65% in the second quarter. Uh oh, but 
only down eight. Regroup after halftime. Take a deep breath. Find the rhythm you had to begin the game. You know, the Suns are playing. Uh, Brad Brad Beal's back in the lineup. Devin Booker's there, but but no KD. You know, it's like, it's it's Grayson Allen and Chimezi Metsu. And, and yeah, like, the Suns aren't very deep. If you can handle their stars and, and, and Devin Booker didn't have a great night, like you can, you can be competitive in this game. You know, we, the Blazers just beat, beat Phoenix not, not too long ago. It's, this is, these are winnable games. Unless of course you get outscored 31, 14 in the third quarter, which the Blazers did. They go five of 18 in the third quarter. They close the quarter shooting one of 10. Um, and that's really only notable because they made four of the first eight shots to open the third quarter. It's like, Hey, Maybe they'll do this. And then they go one of 10 to close the quarter. Phoenix closes the quarter on a 20 to four run as the Blazers just brick absolutely everything. And the and Suns take a 25 point lead, 86-61 into the fourth quarter. In the middle two quarters, the Blazers scored 32 points. They had 29 in the first quarter, a nice first quarter. In the middle two quarters, they scored 32 points. And that's it. That's the ball game. Uh you know, Chauncey Billups didn't even go back to his to his vets, uh, Malcolm Brogdon and, and Jeremy Grant down the stretch because it was just the game was over, down 25, and you can't score. Blazers do end up scoring 27, and you know, winning winning the fourth quarter. They won the, the they won the first one and the last one. Those middle two quarters, when they were outscored. 66-32. Um, that's that is your ball game. Blazers lose 109-88. That's your fastest recap in the West. Just just a bad night on offense a, a bad night on offense uh scoot henderson led the way 17 points six assists didn't shoot well seven of 18 from the floor that was kind of the theme jeremy grant nine in that first quarter finished with 15 in the game on six of 12 shooting 10 for malcolm brogdon three of eight he was not good on offense either uh two for moses brown in the start three for matisse thibel uh ibu baji came off the bench had four early he was like oh baji's gonna do something to get you know get a little he's gonna find a little groove he's running the he's running the floor hard and he's just you know he's pretty limited on offense like they need to throw the ball it's like but maybe Baji will bail us out like that's not what he's going to play defense and rebound like he's a shot blocker that's the thing he does but uh he, he has four off the bench Shaden Sharp six we'll talk about more about him in the second segment 10 from from Jabari Walker Skylar Mays seven Chris Murray uh who played regular minutes in this one uh finished with six and then Ish Wainwright who played in kind of an inexplicably large portion of the second half he just got a big he just got a lot of run in this game finished played 12 minutes finished with eight points um I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. Like I think most times when you're like, why is this dude playing? Um, it doesn't, it, uh, it's unclear, but it does feel like as we approach the trade deadline and Ish Smith is just like, yeah, let's see what Ish has got. It does feel like, um, Hey, he has a non-guaranteed contract and we might have to waive him at some point in, in January here in the next like 10 days. Hey, you want to play some NBA minutes? Um, I don't really think that's what's happening. I think they're just like searching for a wing, uh, like a, a veteran wing who can who can do some stuff um, because they just have a lot. They they need uh, they scored 88 points. They need anyone who can do who can contribute positively. But part of my conspiracy antenna is something ish huh ish the first week of january like a week before his contract is fully guaranteed hmm hmm i don't really think that but i have i like seven percent of me thinks that the other part of me thinks like they're just a they're a team that's searching for it and ish when right if nothing else is big and physical and is going to play hard um even if he can't shoot very well and make some questionable decisions off the bounce on the other side for the suns uh as i mentioned devin booker did not play well 10 points four of 16 shooting uh eight board six assists but like 
missed 12 shots, scored 10 points and had 12 missed field goals. Not a great uh, Booker night. 21 for Brad Beal, 12 for Grayson Allen, 14 for Chimizimetsu, uh, 18 for Nurk, the, our old friend, 7 boards and 5 dimes for Nurk on 6 of 8 shooting. He was really good. Eric Gordon had 12 off the bench. Um, the Blazers, or excuse me, the Suns also got three from Kata Bates, Diop, three from Josh Akogi, 11 from Bol Bol, who played a lot in garbage time uh, at the end of the game. Um, I know Bol Bol's popular on the internet. I don't think he's, he's just like not good at basketball, um, but popular on the internet. So someone's going to hear this and be mad at me for saying that, but popular on the internet. Uh, congrats to Bol. Uh, two for Drew Eubanks, one for Yuta Watanabe, and, uh, or excuse me, two for Jordan Goodwin, one for Drew Eubanks, two for Yuta Watanabe. Um, Shane Sharp came back. He played in this game 18 minutes off the bench after missing, you know, five, basically six full games. Uh this was not the showing you wanted. Let's talk about what we saw from Shaden Sharp and what we hope to see going forward. That's what we'll do in the second segment. Before we do that, though, let's talk fan duel. It's America's number one sports book. And even though, even though we're heading to the we're heading to the close of the NFL regular season. It doesn't mean that it's too late to get involved because right now new customers heading into the final week of the NFL's regular season and into the playoffs, new customers get 150 bucks of bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Make one $5 bet, get in there. You get out all you got a whole Sunday of NFL football next week and then you got the playoffs moving forward from there. You got a little bit of time as we get into January in the final month of of the NFL season. Uh Get in there, place your place your five dollar bet, and then after you place it, win or lose, you get one hundred fifty bucks in bonus bets. Get one hundred fifty dollars to play with just by virtue of signing up and putting and, and betting on something to happen. Uh, Fanduel app super easy to use. There's a ton of things you want to bet on. Uh, so whether you want to do uh, you know live same game parlays, whether you want to uh, use their explore tab to see what other folks are betting on, whether you want to set up elaborate multi-sport parlays, uh, you can find it there. Plus futures bets, uh, whatever props you're into, you're going to find it all. So go to Fanduel.com/lockedon. That's Fanduel.com/lockedon, and have a little fun as the NFL season winds down. This Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. All right. Shane Sharp returns to the lineup. Um, didn't play well. That's the headline here. He didn't play very well. Um, I don't think it's a wholly big deal. You know, he hadn't played a basketball game, a full basketball game since December 17th. So two full weeks of, of without playing NBA basketball. Uh, you know, he's dealing with an abductor strain, a groin strain. So you can't imagine he did much. Like, you know, when you have lower body injuries and stuff like that, particularly like soft tissue things. Like it's not like you're running around getting your conditioning. You're watching and resting and getting your body right. Um, you know, it's like this, this wasn't, this isn't the type of injury where it's like, well, he was getting extra work in. I saw him take, I saw him go through pregame warmups before the Blazers left town uh, last week in the first game against the prior to the first meeting against the Spurs. I watched him uh, go through his pregame warmups. He was going like someone who was hurt. He was playing at, you know, 70% speed, wasn't getting super sweaty. You can always tell when guys are close to coming back because the pregame workout looks like a real workout. This was just like someone who was getting some shots up, getting his rhythm. And he didn't look like he, you know, it didn't look like he had his rhythm. You know, I said he hasn't played a full game since December 17th. He played against the Spurs, or excuse me, the Suns, the same team on the 19th uh, of December, but he only played eight minutes and then left. He was listed as questionable. It's like a late add to the injury report that night. Tries to 
play through obviously some so this groin injury can't sits out misses a couple weeks and now he's back in the action um i, I don't believe chauncey Billups told reporters pre-game but uh but shaden only played 18 minutes and he um didn't come back at garbage time to like get his rhythm or anything like that. So I'm sure he was on uh, a relatively, you know, probably in that 20 minute range uh, minutes restriction, just cause like you don't, you don't, you want to ramp him back up slowly. And the, the stat line is not impressive. Six points on two of eight shooting. He was 0-5 uh, from three point range, made both of his free throws, uh, had one board. It was on the offensive glass and otherwise just an empty box score for him. Um, you know, I thought even just the process, I thought he took some, took some hard shots. I thought he spent, and, and, and the, the difficult shots is like, sometimes he just does that. He's a, he's like a skill, he's pretty skilled on offense. Like when he, when he can, when he wants to be, and he can get into, he can get into challenging shots because his lift and all of those things. So like, you know, the drifting, fading little jumpers that he takes that sometimes are like, Hey, what is that? <laughs> it's like, I, I'm not too worried about that process. I'm much more worried about the minutes where he just ch- is chilling in the corner where he's just, he's, um, not not involved and i think that's the part that um you know he when he comes back and he's playing a full complement of minutes there's two things i want to see one i want to see him play next to scoot henderson a bunch that's the most important thing that we can see for the rest of the year for the portland trailblazers scoot henderson shade and sharp sharing the backcourt together as the one and the two with big wings around them and a real center in the middle like a functional NBA lineup where Scoot Henderson is playing point guard and Shaden Sharp is playing shooting guard and you get a you know you get a bunch of minutes look a bunch of games and a bunch of minutes with that look and you kind of can figure out or start to see the outline of what is next right like that's the most important thing for the rest of the season um you, you know Amphrey Simons might be in the mix and that's going to throw a whole wrench into the like just how many guards they have and how all of their good players are, are young guards all their promising players are young guards that's like a whole nother thing but for now until they kind of straighten that out and whatever they do with the trade deadline to kind of balance the roster you want to see scoot and shay play together but you also want to see shade and sharp get back to being an aggressive focal point of the offense and can he be an aggressive focal point of the offense on a team that has a bunch of mouths to feed i think yes like i'm not i don't i don't i'm not saying he that's impossible just you want to see it, and I think I'm I'm more worried not about the missed shots or the bad shot selection from Shaden Sharp. I'm worried about the times that he doesn't shoot. I'm worried about the times that he doesn't that he's not involved in the offensive play. I'm worried about times when he gets it and just keeps it moving and doesn't look at the rim. I like I want Shaden Sharp to be reckless a little bit. Um, you know, I will say sometimes Scoot Henderson has some decision making issues, but you never have to worry about him kind of like keeping the dial turned up, right? Like. Some of Scoot's mistakes are being too aggressive. I would love for Shaden Sharp to have a night where it's like, so he went two of 14, <laughs> like, you know, and, 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 but it's, he took 14 shots. He got himself to the free throw line. He made mistakes. He turned the ball over because he was aggressive and driving, like all of those things. I, I would, I would rather have Shaden Sharp fail by trying to do too much than disappoint by doing too little. And I think um, t- tonight is not a big enough, like, this is the first game back in two weeks. This is, um, a weird short, like a weird, um, stint off the bench with a shorthanded group with new players, with a, like a bunch of small ball with, with trying to figure out how they're playing next to, he's playing next to Baji in the second unit. Like this is a, this is like a very normal feel out game where it's like, I don't have my rhythm. I don't have my wind. No, I'm going to figure it out. And I didn't, I didn't make some shots. And, and once you just, you know, once you miss a little bit, then maybe you're not as aggressive and then blah, blah, blah. Right. But like, 
I am much more concerned about the Shade and Sharp coasting minutes than anything else. And I won't, tonight is, is merely an eyebrow raise. Moving forward, the rest of this trip, a couple games in Dallas, a couple games against in New York against the Knicks and the, and the Nets, and they come back, uh, Minnesota and OKC, to close out this six, seven-game trip. Six more tough ones. Like, it doesn't, like, the only team with a losing record they're going to play are, are the Nets, and, and the Knicks got better since since the road trip started by trading for OG and Anobi, so... Like, there's a bunch of tough games, but I think the thing I would like, the thing that would make me, I guess, would provide me some comfort in the way I am analyzing and considering Shade and Sharp is just like a really aggressive night. There was that stretch when the Blazers were, were, they weren't super shorthanded, but they were still like a little bit light because Amphrey Simons wasn't back and and Sharp was starting and, and he was scoring 25 a game. Free note, like five games, like two weeks. It's like, you know, you play every other night. So it's 10, 11 days. He doesn't need to score 25. It's not necessarily the box score stuff. It's the intention. It's the, um, you know, when he is, hey, you have to be the guy. If that's the only way he can like get his mindset right, um, that's going to be a challenge because you're not always going to be the guy. There's going to be nights when you're the third option. There's going to be nights when you're the second option. Hopefully there's a, there's a world in which Shaden Sharp is just like so damn good that he's always the, uh, uh, the lead guy, but you have to earn that, right? You don't just get given that. In some ways you have to earn it is by, um, showing that you are very much willing to accept that role. So, so what I want to see from Sharp for the rest of this trip, is just be aggressive, be aggressive. And, and to the point where maybe you're like, Hey, what was that? Like, he didn't take a bunch of great shots tonight. And I'm not encouraging him to take, like, challenging shots. Um, and he looked rusty, and I, I'm not worried about the rust. But I'm worried about the possessions when he's chilling in the corner. Go get the ball. Like, go go get the ball. Um, demand it. And 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 um, I want to see him just play with play with the RPMs. That's was the sort of metaphor I always use with him. Play with the RPMs, running a little, running a little, revving a little hotter, revving a little higher. I think that's, that's the key for me for Sharp. The Blazers got thrashed tonight in Phoenix. I don't think there's any other way to, to put it. They got thrashed. This was not a competitive game, basically from the end of the second quarter on. Um, last five minutes, of the second quarter is like, oh, this might be over, and then it was, and then it was very much not over with the with the way the the Suns handled that third quarter, or very much over with the way the Suns handled that third quarter. Um, they lost big. They're going to play some good teams the rest of this trip. They might continue to lose games big. I mean, they're going to get hopefully they get healthier, and that'll, that'll kind of change the things. But I want to talk about watching a team that loses and why I'm not worried about it. I'm not. I'm not. I won't. Because I don't believe in this lo- idea of a losing culture. I just don't. I just straight up don't believe in it. I'm going to give you a couple, uh, a couple examples. That's what we'll do in the the uh, final segment to close the show. But first, let's talk Prize Picks. Is daily fantasy made easy? I play Prize Picks on the app, and I play the NBA. And it's uh, how it works is I pick an entry between two and six players, and it's things like points, rebounds, assists, steals. Prize Picks sets the projections, and I just pick more or less than the numbers that Prize Picks sets. So they're saying Scoot Henderson more or less than 17 points. I'm pounding the more button. I'm getting it wrong. They're saying Malcolm Brogdon more or less than 21 points. I'm I'm hedging a little bit less. I got that one right. Okay. 
okay. You don't have to get all six of your entries, all six of your picks right on your entry. Uh, you can get, you can still get paid if you go four for six. You can, um, you can get 25 times your cash if you go six for six and you're feeling froggy, but like there's a bunch of ways to play and a bunch of ways to win. And if you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA right now and you use the promo code locked on NBA when you do so, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. You don't have to play the NBA, whatever sport you're looking for, you're going to find it and you're going to find the NFL, you're going to find the NHL all season long. You're going to get, you, you can get in on, on basketball stuff if you're into it, but take advantage of this. Dollar for dollar, they're matching you up to 100 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use that promo code LockedOnNBA while you're there. It's Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Lockdown Blazers. There is a concern when a team is bad, particularly when they get, you know, mollywhopped. When they, when they get dusted a couple times, when they score 32 points in middle, in middle two quarters of a game, and it's just over, that they are they are building a losing culture. Um, and there is there is culture in the NBA. Certainly teams have bad cultures. I think there was a stretch for the Blazers where things got pretty stinky in-house, and they had a kind of a, a, a bad culture as things were kind of closing down at the end of the Damian Lillard era. You can have bad in-house cultures. That is that is that is absolutely true. But that is because of personalities or clashes between uh, folks in charge in the front office and coaching staffs and players and the three of those sort of parts interacting and all of those things, right? Like, you know, you get a bunch of just like you get the wrong players on the team and, and just personality wise, and you can have a bad culture. Like I'm not, I, I understand the sort of, you know, it's a weird thing in the NBA, right? You have 15 players, a pretty small roster. Uh, the kind of traveling crew that goes around from city to city is 40 people. It is a, it is a small, but large and strange ecosystem, um, that, 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 that's sort of moving around from city to city. And it's easy for things to get stinky. If you have the wrong people involved, I am not, I am, I am aware of the human elements and I don't mean to dismiss it. What I mean to dismiss is that the on-court stuff in 2024 could impact the on-court stuff in 2026. And by that, I mean that Scoot Henderson can lose a whole bunch of games. He's not going to develop a losing culture. I reject, I categorically reject the idea of a losing culture. The Blazers can go 0-7 on this road trip and get thrashed every night. It has no long-term impact on what Scoot Henderson becomes and what Shaden Sharp becomes. Certainly, you can develop some bad habits, but if you play with purpose and intention, but the thing that holds you back is skill, and the Blazers shot a bunch of bricks in the middle two quarters, um, you know, that's, it, it'll happen. Um, like, <laughs> they turn the ball over a bunch, shot a bunch of bricks. Like, I do not, I categorically reject the idea that you can develop a losing culture. Many of you will disagree, and I'm comfortable with that. Allow me to back up my point here. Oklahoma City, when Mark Dagno took over as a head coach, young, bad, bad on purpose. They went 22 and 50, 24 and 58. It's a lot of, a lot of losses. That's 108 losses over two seasons, and one of them is a shortened season, right? So they could have lost 120 games over two years. But let's call it what it is. They lost hundred. They lost 108 games in back-to-back and combined to back-to-back seasons. It's a lot of losing. They sucked. They were not good. Last year they went 40 and 42, made the play-in. This year they're 22 and nine. Might be the best team in the West, like in the regular season at least. I'm 
I'm still riding with the champs if they're healthy. Um, I don't believe that what OKC did by losing and losing on purpose and making trades to get younger and and piling and compiling um, draft picks and even holding out guys with questionable injuries like sending Al Horford home basically at the end of the year. I don't believe in a losing culture. I do not think you can develop it. You can develop a bad culture. You can develop a bad team. You can have the wrong players. Detroit's been in in um, in the darkness. Detroit, the Detroit Pistons haven't won a playoff game since Chauncey Billups was on the roster in two thousand eight. It's a long time. Certainly, bad franchises exist. King spent fifteen years in the, in the wilderness. Minnesota, not too far off, right? But there are organizational stink, right? I'm talking about players. I'm talking about SGA, who was on that team when they went 22 and 50, and and when they went 24 and 58. He didn't develop a losing culture. He just lost a lot. And then when they got good, and he got good good coworkers, better employees around him at work, they were a play-in team, and now they're freaking good. They're really good. They're 22 and 9 as I'm recording this. I don't believe in it. I do not believe you can develop a losing culture by losing. I could believe you can develop a bad culture in a bunch of other ways, but I do not think you I do not think losing begets losing. I think bad players begets losing. If you get the right players, you'd be all right. For an, for another example, Houston went 17 and 55 the year that um that 2020 2021 year. It started in December because of the COVID delay or the COVID delay in the prior season. Then they traded James Harden eight games into the season and they were awful. And they went 17 and 55. The next year they went 20 and 62. The following year they went 22 and 60. They were a mess, right? They had the wrong coach. Uh, apparently Kevin Porter Jr. was a mess. They were just, they had a, they had a bad culture. So what do they do? They get vets that can guide them like the sort of grit of Dylan Brooks and the steadiness of Fred Van Vliet. Uh, their young players get better. Alperin Shangun, who they drafted during the stinky period in the late, late lottery selection is the, probably the best player on their team. They win. What is that? 42, 59 games over three years, 17, 20 and 22 and three straight seasons. They're 15 and 15 this year. And they're right in the mix because they got the right head coach and Ime Yudoka and they added vets if your culture stinks, you change the players and the coaches. But the losing didn't make Jabari Smith Jr. and Alpern Shangun bad. Alpern Shangun playing on a bad team didn't cause him to have a losing culture. When he had better players, he, be- he developed and became a better player. I don't believe it. I do not believe in the losing culture. I think it is nonsense. I think it is some high school basketball logic where they lost a lot. They'll never learn how to win. These dudes are pros. Get them good players. Continue to develop their skills. Get the right coach in there. You can win after losing in a hurry. So when the Blazers do get thrashed, when they lose by 25 to the Mavs, they come back and lose by 18, they go to New York and lose to the Knicks and the Nets. I don't care. I am not worried about a losing culture developing. I'm worried about the process. If Shane Sharp's standing in the corner and watching, that's a problem. But Scoot Henderson going four of, uh, what he shoots, seven of 18? Great. A bad shooting night from Scoot where he turns the ball over five times? Great, great. Keep him moving. Keep him moving. That's that's fine. Keep him moving. You want to develop some good habits and you want to not have, you want to keep things copacetic, right? You don't want to have a bunch of infighting and all those things. 
but what you want on an NBA team are good players. The best thing you can do for your culture is add talent. I will watch the remainder of this Blazers season unmoved by the losses. They're 9-23. and I am not even remotely worried. Do I think they're good? No. Do I think they're good? They're going to be good next year? No, no. But what they got to do is keep keep the process moving forward and add talent to the core because you're not developing a losing culture unless you have bad players. That's what happened to the Pistons. They continue to add bad players. That's what happened to the Kings. They drafted Thomas Robinson over Dame. They drafted Jimmer Fredette over CJ McCollum. That is not a culture issue. That is a stupid personnel issue. You make the right decisions, you add talent, you can quickly flip from losing to winning. There's a ton of examples of good teams doing it. OKC is probably the best one because they lost on purpose. And now that they're trying to win, they're winning on purpose. As SGA told reporters not too long ago, we're not going to be losing for too much longer. And now they're not. They didn't develop no losing culture. (laughs) There was no losing culture. They were just losing. And then when it was re- when they're ready to win, they're winning. And I believe that. I believe that. You do need the right players and you do need the right coach to do so. And I think the conversation whether the Blazers have that is for something down the road. But in the immediate future, like this road trip, no concerns. Get thrashed. I am not worried about the larger picture. I'm not worried about the sort of holistic health of the organization. I'm not worried about Scoot Henderson developing a losing culture at 19. Just going to lose a lot. And when you get good, you'll be able to win a lot. That's just how it works. That is going to do it for today's show. Here's what we do. Five of these, every day of the week, wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. Lockdown Blazers does not have a losing culture. We just keep we just keep it moving. Um, welcome to 2024. Uh, we were, I'm going to, you know, back from the holidays, and so are many folks, uh, going to try to get back on the one interview a week grinds and it's bring some guests into into the program so look forward to those coming up and we will uh we'll get you covered from every angle on your portland trailblazers like i said five days a week where we get podcasts also on youtube i appreciate you listening i'll talk to you soon